So as we start uh, this week of fasting and prayer, along with the other district churches, I believe it is appropriate for us to spend some time to understand the kind of fasting that pleases the Lord. The kind of fasting that pleases the Lord. You know, fasting is, as we know, is a spiritual discipline that Bible prescribes for our lives. Fasting is the willing abstinence or reduction from our day-to-day -day meal and drink or both and take a special time to wait upon the Lord. Fasting is always done with a proper motivation and for a particular purpose that we deal with. And this morning, if we go to you know, Old Testament, we don't have time to go to all the references, but if we go to Old Testament, we don't fail to notice that fasting was proclaimed many times among the children of Israel. Many times the scribes and, 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 the, uh, and the priests and the Levites, you know, they declared fasting as children of Israel were serving the Lord. Esther fasted. Ezra fasted. Nehemiah fasted. Daniel fasted. And, you know, they all prayed to the God of heaven in fasting and in surrender and humbling themselves down. Even in the New Testament, you remember Jesus fasted for 40 days. You know, people fast either, you know, skip one meal or they fast for the whole day or three days, you know, one meal or two meals or even for a week or 21 days and 40 days. You know, people wait upon the presence of God. Anna the prophetess, a widow of 84, year, 84 years, served the Lord in the temple. Bible says she was serving the Lord in the temple with fasting and prayer. You know, she was waiting for the redemption to come. She was waiting for the time when Jesus was born. Jesus spoke about the importance of fasting. Well, just walk out one scripture here and move further. Matthew chapter 17 verse 21, Jesus said, However... This kind of devil does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Fasting is a very important aspect of our Christian life. Cornelius, the centurion of the Italian regiment, he fasted. And when he fasted, God showed him great things that are about to happen in his life and through his life. The early church fasted and they all prayed together. Even today, people fast and we all do that. And this morning, we are here to find out what is that fasting that pleases the Lord. Amen? You know, some of us say that, you know, uh, we can never fast. When I speak to some of you, you know, about fasting, they say, uh, no, 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 I don't think I'm just made for that. But, but I think I'll just leave that up to you and God, right? And I'll not get there. So uh, fasting is an important aspect. And this morning I would like to title my sermon as Fasting That Pleases the Lord. Can you say that with me? Fasting That Pleases the Lord. And we are going to totally stick on to Isaiah chapter 58. Because we see a fasting that pleases the Lord in Isaiah chapter 58. So as, you know, just give a quick introduction to Isaiah chapter 58. As the Lord God exposes, listen to me, exposes the shallow Christian lives of the people of God. Prophet Isaiah was specially commissioned to warn all the hypocrites about their sins and about their transgressions. Can you listen to me? When you listen to me, you need to just allow the words to go into your heart, right? Otherwise, it will just 
Just go over your head, right? Just keep listening, keep listening. So as God exposes the very shallow nominal Christian lives of the believers of the, of, of the land, Prophet Isaiah was specially commissioned to speak to those hypocrites, Bible called them as hypocrites, about their sinful lives and their transgressions. Generation after generation, people are bound in tradition. Generation after generation, they regularly go to church, they worship God, and they fast, and they pray, but yet their devotion was not noticed by God. You know, it's possible that we can fast days after days, and we can you know, abstain from all the things, all the pleasures of this world, and keep certain things away, but still God may not look at our fasting. And this morning, we are here to understand what is that fasting that pleases the Lord? Amen? I just want to you know, give a quick outline of the sermon so that you know what is about to come. Verses 1 to 3 of Isaiah chapter 58. God says, people seek God without knowing their true condition. Is there an outline? And verses 3 to 5, the kind of fasting that God hates or rejects. So there is a kind of fasting... God? Okay, you're not with me. There is a kind of fasting God hates or rejects. So we think we fast, but then it's possible that God can reject that. So we need to know what it is. Verses 6 to 7, the kind of fasting that pleases God. And verses 8 through 14, benefits of the right fasting. You know, this is a quick outline. Let's get, get on to the scriptures now. Verses 1 through 3. Isaiah chapter 58, verses 1 to 3. Cry aloud, spare not. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. If you want, you can read with me. Tell my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways. As a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the ordinances of their God. They ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching God. Verse 3. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen? Why have we afflicted our souls and you take no notice? In fact, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure and exploit all your laborers. So verses 1 to 3. People sought God daily. I don't find anything wrong here. People sought God daily. Without fail, they were seeking God. Is it a good thing or bad? Seeking God is always good. People showed great desire to know God and to know God's ways. I don't find anything wrong there. It is good. And as a nation, people did righteousness, righteous things. They did not forsake the ordinances of God. They did not forsake the commands of God. They asked of God the ordinances of justice. Lord, what are the laws that we need to follow? Tell us, Lord. Teach us, Lord. We will do it. They did. There is nothing wrong in that. They took delight as approaching God. Every time they were so happy to come to God. You know, we find everything going well. You know, if a church is in that same fashion, people are coming to seek God. People are coming and they're trying to live in righteous, righteous things. And people are really delighted as they come to the presence of God. You know, we think that there is nothing wrong. It's a great church. Amen? We'll say hallelujah. But we see there, beginning of verse 3. Why have we fasted, they say, 
you have not seen we did all this good but you have not seen this our fasting we afflicted our soul but you took no notice god why you were silent you just remain silent as if we were not doing anything you know there are certain things that we do in our lives they are noticed by god but there are certain things that we do in our lives are not at all noticed by god now here god is asking the prophet to tell them about their sins and their transgressions i want you to be careful <coughs> because i don't want to miss anything if because of some reason you know if my prayers are not reaching heaven if my plea, fasting is not pleasing god i don't want to miss that i want to know i want to know because i want to grow in the lord amen we are here for him we are all here for him this morning i want you to listen and god is asking the prophet to tell them their transgressions and their sins and this is exactly our problem too no we are not different this is exactly our problem today's we are all perfect in our own eyes is that true we are all perfect in our own eyes you know some people are saying yes some people are saying no right i understand it depends again situation to situation you know when we try to do something and when we do something and you know we always try to stick on to that what i did is right i do that you don't do that right all of us do that we don't want to just say something and get away we want to just hold on to it you know all of us are we are all found perfect in our own eyes we don't disagree that there is something or we don't you know agree that there is something wrong going on in our lives certain things we know okay that, that's wrong but most of it is you know we are correct we are right that's our understanding we try to justify in many ways what we are telling and what we are doing is right we all do that we don't really correct ourselves you know many times we are not willing to change even if you you know we brought some of the changes in the morning service changes are always difficult it's not easy you know if the way we do things keep doing the same things in the same way it's easy it's easy if you try to bring any change to that it's very difficult to handle i mean that's how we are made but when our prayers are not answered we complain and we murmur against god and this morning you know this is what we want to know lord what are those things in me will really help or won't help so that you know you can listen to my cry my prayer what are those sins and transgressions that are not pleasing even though we fast and pray and this morning we want to ask god and we want to correct ourselves you know i believe this is not one of the sermon that feels good sermon this is not like one of the miracles sermon that jesus performed we are engaging in a serious business with god this morning are you with me this morning amen i just want the church to respond to it I just want the church to ask God this morning. Church must be willing to partner with God in this mission. Amen. Can I hear a loud amen this morning? Yeah. You know, we need to be willing to partner with God. We need to be willing to know what God wants me to do exactly as I live on the face of this earth. Children of Israel were fasting and prophet Isaiah was sent to them and to say that, to talk about their transgressions, their sins. Transgressions are wicked things. 
You know, they are the bunch of people, they fast and pray, they seek the Lord, they, they're always happy to come into the presence of God. But prophet Isaiah was not there, sent there to preach a good news, not sent there to preach a, a message on prosperity, not there, there to preach a message on the miracles that Jesus performed, or neither he, you know, he, he came to heal the people there. No, 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 not at all. He came there to tell the people that your sins and your transgressions are standing before God. So your fasting was not noticed by God. Verses 3 to 5. Shall we read verses 3 through 5? Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen? Why have we afflicted our souls and you take no notice? In fact, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure. And exploit all your laborers. Indeed, you fast for strife. And debate and to strike with the fist of wickedness you will not fast as you do this day to make your voice heard on high is it a fast that I have chosen a day for a man to afflict his soul is it to bow down his head like a bulrush and to spread out sackcloth and ashes would you call this as a fast and an acceptable day to the Lord you know, from the tone of it, we understand the Lord is not happy. And we don't want to make the Lord unhappy. We want to make the Lord happy. You know, that's our wish. That's our desire. There are three things. The people fasted, but they continue to live in their own pleasure. You know, they really thought, they really thought everything was going right. But in the midst of everything, they were still satisfying their flesh and their desires. You know, we all know that, you know, when we fast, our flesh comes down. You know, that's the idea of fasting. So our flesh goes low and we allow the Spirit of God to touch base with our spirit. But in the midst of fasting, still our flesh can dominate and God is saying, these people fasted, but they continue to do their own pleasure. You know, some of those habits, we are not willing to stop even while fasting. And God is saying, God is not pleased with that. Number two, they were quarrelsome and mean and exploited their laborers. They were not kind with anyone. You know, sometimes when we become more spiritual, you know, sometimes we forget about the people around us. Instead, they on the day they should, you know, they, they should be grieving for their sins. But they were misusing their workers. You know, it was spoken at the context of those days. They were abusing their loved ones. And they were abusing everyone, those who were working under them. And God is saying, I'm not pleased in such kind of fasting. Number three, they were creating conflict and being argumentative. Instead of judging themselves, they end up in judging others. You know, somehow, you know, when we fast and when we humble us in the presence of God, somehow there is a false spiritual feeling that gets into our lives saying that, 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 that makes us to look others down. Do you know what I'm talking about? When we get into that spiritual realm in our lives, somewhere we feel that, you know, we are somebody different, but others are not. 
And this morning God is telling us he is not pleased with that attitude. You know, it's very difficult to preach this sermon because it's very difficult to convey what the Spirit of God is telling this morning. With all these conditions, Bible says, they want their voice to be heard on high. They want their voice to be heard on high. That simply tells me that they are self-seeking people. They are seeking attention for themselves. You know, when we listen to God, when we sit and wait in the presence of God, you know, we become self-seekers, self-centric. I mean, that's what the word of God says. They afflict their souls. Verse 5, they afflict their souls, trying to do things by work. Now we afflict our souls so that we can become holy. No, it's not. Bible doesn't talk about work. Bible talks about grace. They afflict their souls. During the time of fasting, God is not asking us to afflict our souls. They bow down their heads like bulrush. God is not expecting us to, you know, humble ourselves, you know, only at the time of fasting. In fact, he expects us to do that every time, maybe. Spread out sackcloth and ashes. And God is saying, I'm, I'm in verse 5 still. And God is asking, would you call this as a fast? And an acceptable day of the Lord. In fact, I remember what Jesus called such fasting as those who are taking such fasting, Jesus called them as hypocrites. And God hates this fasting. I'll come to that scripture a little later. Let's move further, verses 6 to 7. So we know what, are the, what is the fasting that God does not like. Now I believe fasting is nothing to do with our external. Fasting is something to do with internal. Amen. Fasting is something with our attitude, but it is not our, our outside behavior. That doesn't mean that, you know, we can do anything we want. No, 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 not at all. But fasting is something that is inside of us. Let's read further. We will come to know verses 6 and 7. Is this not the fast that I have chosen? Reading from Isaiah chapter 58 verse 6. Is not the fast that I have chosen? God is speaking to the people now to lose the bonds of wickedness. To undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out, when you see the naked, that you cover him, and not hide yourself from your own flesh? Amen? This was really tough for me. I never thought this is the fasting that God is expecting us to do. I never heard a sermon somebody's preaching on this part of, maybe it's, it was my mistake, not somebody else's mistake. You know, fasting is a verb. If you search the dictionary, fasting is a verb. Any verb results in action. Can you say action? Fasting is not just getting a false sense of spirituality. You know, we need to come out of that in Jesus' name. Amen. Fasting is not just a false sense of spirituality. It is something that God expects us to do. Fasting is not just feeling or walking closer to God, you know. Sometimes we don't talk to people because we are fasting. Because I'm walking, I'm walking, I'm walking. I'm very close to God. I'm hand in hand with God. You know, God speaks to me every time. Hallelujah, brother, in Jesus' name. God speaks to me every time. 
I tell them God speaks to me every day. Amen. Spiritual actions. I want to divide this section, these two scriptures into two categories. One is spiritual action, other one is physical action. Fasting, as I said, it's a verb that results in work, in action, in action. Spiritual actions, number one, as we read from verse 6, I believe. Isaiah says, number one reason why you fast, and what is fasting? Lose the bonds. Can you say lose the bonds? Of wickedness. Lose the bands and chains of wickedness. You know, devil has tied our lives with wickedness, sinful things in our lives, which even we don't know it is sin anymore. I want you to think about this morning. Some of those things that when we came to this nation, we did not like, we thought it, they are sinful. But they are no more sinful now. Did God change the law? God did not change the law. Sin is a sin. Sin is a sin. And God expects to heed his voice. Devil has tied our lives with wickedness. And many lives around us are tied with wickedness. Strongly, strongly. It's very hard to bring them out. Because always we find justification in the world around them. There's a reason why they do it. We can always justify. But Bible says, Isaiah says, lose the bonds. Spiritual action number one, when we fast, lose the bonds of wickedness. Number two, to undo the heavy burdens. You know, when we talk about fasting, I believe when Isaiah says, I want you to read that again. Is this not the fast that I have chosen? To lose the bonds of wickedness. <coughs> Excuse me. Isaiah is saying, you need to lose the bond of wickedness in your life. And you are fasting. You are crying out. You are interceding. You are praying to God to lose the bond of wickedness in somebody else's life. There are two aspects to it. Are you with me this morning? Amen. Can I hear an amen? You need to lose the bond of wickedness in our own lives as we fast. And we also need to lose the bond of wickedness in somebody else's life. Number two, to undo the heavy burdens. You know, when we have burden, when we carry heavy burden in our lives, our heart becomes heavy. And when our heart remains in that heaviness for a long time, eventually we are so depressed. We don't want to do anything. We feel like isolating ourselves. We feel like shutting ourselves inside. And especially the generation, younger generation know what I'm talking about. And God is expecting us this morning that we need to not only lose the bond of wickedness, but we also need to undo the heavy burdens. I want you to look around and see people, those who are having heavy burdens in their hearts. They are walking around with heaviness in their hearts. And God is expecting us, you fast and pray. And, and what do you do? Undo the heavy burdens. Help them to lay their burden down. Just go and stand with them and pray with them and comfort them. And we speak a word of counsel and encouragement to them. And bring that heavy burden so that you know, they can feel relaxed. And they can start looking about the mercies of God. Number three. To let the oppressed go free. We are still in verse 6. To let the oppressed go free. Oppressor of power. Oppressor of money. We are oppressed in our family relationship at times. We are oppressed emotionally. 
And fasting is a good time that God can release us. And we need to ask God, Lord, release me from these oppressing forces. You know, there are many thoughts that come in our lives and they oppress us. You know, we are just so high in the moment and the next moment we are so down because there's a thought that comes in our lives and that puts us down. The negative thoughts, the negative words, the negative attitude and the negative mindset that comes and destroys our lives and God is expecting us. When we fast, God wants us to come out of those things in Jesus' name. Amen. Number four, to break every yoke. Can you say that with me? To break every yoke. Yoke is something that connects two. Have you seen that? Maybe in our olden days, in our own country, two bulls are connected with the yoke so that they can go and plow the field. Yoke. That is something that connects two. And God is asking us, we need to destroy those things. We need to destroy those things. What are those things that are connecting us with the world today? With the pleasures of the world? With the joy and with the, with, the, with the enjoyment of the world? What are those things connecting us? And Jesus said, remember always we need to put the scripture as a reference. You are in the world. Can you say that with me? You are in the world, but you are not of the world. God doesn't want us to identify as, a, as one among the worldly people. God always wants us to walk separate. But remember, still we are living in this world. Still we are human beings. Still we are living with the same flesh like someone else. And God is expecting us to break the connection with this world. You know, sometimes people get connected with the spirit world. And God is saying that you need to break that yoke in Jesus' name. And sometimes we get, you know, we get connected through ungodly soul ties. And God is saying that's not good for our lives. Fasting is the right time to get destroyed those yokes in Jesus' name. Connection with the you know, hereditary bloodlines. You know, some of those sicknesses, some of those oppressing moments that come in your life because of your forefathers. There is a line that is connecting. It doesn't only, it, 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 always, it, it, it does not always bring good things, but it also brings the bad things. There are two streams. One, all the good blood flow. And the other stream, all the bad blood flowing from your generation. Your fathers, your forefathers. And we don't know some of them. Who knows our father may not be our father. And forefather and three, four, five generation. He was a murderer. He was a witchcraft. Who knows? And God wasn't such to cut off those things. You know, some of the struggles that we go through still go through in our families. In our lives are passed on from generation to generation and we suffer through it some of those sicknesses you know some of those difficulties some of those you know disappointments that we have in our lives they are generational and God is expecting fasting is the time to break those connections all these chains will be broken when we approach fasting in the proper way as God expects while we are fasting his way God expects us to do something in action as i said so there are spiritual actions now we talk about physical actions let's read verse 7 again it is is it not sorry let's read uh, yes exactly verse 7 is it not to share your bread with the hungry can you read it with me and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out when you see the naked that you cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh Sometimes we comfortably stop at verse 6. Listen to me, listen to me, this is important. 
And we think that fasting is something spiritual. But you know, fasting is not just spiritual alone. Fasting is also something which is physically God wants us to do. Just want to throw a little light over this this morning. Number one, he says, share your food with the hungry. Share your food with the hungry. Let's read that again. I, I think none of us are convinced. Let's read verse 7 again. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry? Because he started with the question in verse 6. Is this not the fast that I have chosen? And in verse 7 he says, Is it not to share your bread with the hungry? God is saying that when you fast, make sure you feed those who are in need. Amen. Amen. Fasting resulting in something, you know, which is action, which is an action. Number two, provide shelter for the homeless. Can you bring somebody who is homeless and I make him to sit in your house? No. <laughs> Why not? Yes, no, mixed feelings, right? So how do we apply all these things? And I was struggling through these scriptures, Lord, because God wants us to do it, I'm sure. I'm very sure. How do we do it? How do we do it? How do we provide shelter for the homeless? And this is what I came out with. Either you provide shelter for the homeless or you support the homeless shelters. Are they same? Either you provide shelter for the homeless or you support the homeless shelter because they do the same thing. They do the same thing what God is asking us to do. Number three, provide clothing for those who have none. I don't think, you know, in this country, it's very, very, very difficult to find somebody who is naked, who is not having any clothes. We go there and cover them with clothes. But there are people around us. They need our help. They can't invest in buying clothes. They need our help. They need our help. So I was thinking, how do we do it, Lord? And the only way we can do is bring all the clothes, which is, you know, over-occupying your closets. You don't have place to put them there, right? You push them inside, right? Because you don't have space there. You, you know, bundle it up and push them and give a punch. Go inside, right? And when you take it out, when you move the house, right? That's the time you try to get rid of those things. God is saying, bring all the unused and used clothes which are in good condition and let somebody use that let somebody use that we may have need in the in this place itself or we may have need outside why don't we do it if god is asking us to do it and very interesting thing that god is telling us at the end of verse 7 and not hide yourself from your own flesh what does it mean god is saying do not hide from relatives who are in need of help it's difficult. It's difficult. We can go around and minister to many people, but when it comes to our own family, our own blood, how do we help? God is saying, don't say no when your family members, members are in need. And God is saying, call your brother. And did you speak to your brother? Maybe a year, year and a half? Have you never spoke to him since you came to Canada? I don't know. Call your sister. Call your cousin. Call your uncle and aunt. 
and find out what they are going through. It's not easy. Let's read verse 7 again. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out when you see the naked that you cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh? Our understanding on fasting is different. We think not eating and only reading Bible and only praying is fasting. This is what we were taught from childhood onwards. This is what every time we were told. Why then God is assigned the entire chapter for fasting. Why we have Isaiah 58 written whole chapters for fasting. Don't we really want to learn from this? I believe we are taught wrong if we are told that fasting is only praying and you know meditating on the word of God. If we are taught in that way it is wrong because God is not saying that Bible is not saying. I believe there is an equal weightage if you are with me. Equal weightage for what God expects in our spiritual life and what God expects us to do physically. Your fasting, listen to me, our fasting must result in all these three. Can we get the slide? Number one, can you read that? When you read that, just know, understand. Your own deliverance from bondage, burden, oppression, and ungodly ties. Number two, deliverance of others from bondage, burden, oppression, and ungodly ties. Number three, sharing your food, sharing your home, providing your clothing, helping your own flesh. Equal weightage. So in this whole week, as we fast, I believe we are going to do all this. Every time when we gather here on Saturday, uh, on the evening prayer and the Saturday morning prayer, we are just going to cry out to God for number one and number two. But number three is something actionable, something which is, you know, we can achieve that only through an action. So I believe what we need to do is, we are going to do is today itself, we need to have three baskets. And one basket is for sharing our food. Amen. One basket is for sharing our food. All perishable, non-perishable, we can bring and we can put it there. Because we want to obey the word of God. We want to obey the word of God if God's word says so. Number two, we have another basket for unused cloths. Sorry, used and unused cloths. Good condition. So that somebody can use that. We all have, I'm sure we have. We have plenty in our home, right? So we can all bring and we can all put that in the second basket. Third basket or third box is a donation box for a homeless shelter. At the end of the seven days, you want to count the money and we want to donate that to a shelter because I don't think we can invite homeless people and keep them at home. Right? Because we are not equipped. Our home is not set up that way. But we can do something. If there is another way that you find it is useful, just let me know. We will do it. We will do it in the coming day. I mean, I mean, you know, really, we are going to do it from today onwards. So every time when you come for prayer evening, just come with two bundles in your hands. One bundle with cloth, which you want to donate. And another bundle with food, which we want to feed somebody. And a donation offering for the homeless shelter. Amen. Can I hear an amen? amen. Are you with me this morning? Amen. amen. Now I understand why Jesus said 
something about fasting. Let's read from Matthew chapter 6 verse 16. Can you read that with me? Now we went to the Old Testament and now we are trying to understand in the context of what Jesus said. Moreover, can you read that with me? When you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance. We don't want to show it in our face. For they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly I say to you, they have their reward. And God is telling, this is what God is telling. On the day when you are fasting, if every day when you get up at early morning, 7 o'clock and, you know, take a bath, take a shower. On the day when you fast, we need to get up at 6 o'clock and take a shower. Amen. And we don't want to disfigure our face. And that's the fasting God is pleased with. Let's read continually. Surely I say to you, they have their reward. Verse 17. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face you know I was thinking, why god had to teach us you know anoint your head and wash your face don't we wash we don't wash on the day when we fast god is expecting us to do it jesus words of jesus verse 18 so that you do not appear to men to be fasting but to your father who is in secret place in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly you know, when we fast, God expects us to do certain things. And God expects us not to do certain things which are not pleasing the Lord. And we spoke about that very clearly. We'll quickly go through the benefits of our fasting. Verse 8 onwards, verse 8 to 14. We will not dwell in those scriptures. We'll just read through them. Verse 8. Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Can you read that with me? These are all blessing words. When we do the fasting, according to Isaiah 58, and according to you know, Matthew chapter 6, verse 16 to 18, as Jesus spoke, you know, this is what will come true in our lives. Verse 8, verse 8. Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily, and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You know, these scriptures, these promises are coming after we practice fasting in the way that pleases God. Genuinely, these blessings, otherwise, you know, speaking the scriptures is not, is not going to bring any blessing. All the promises are with a condition, with a condition. Now, we use you know, some scriptures, but it's okay, it's good. But then, you know, always we need to remember that there is a condition that needs to be fulfilled. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness, verse 10, if you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall dawn in the darkness and your <coughs> darkness shall be as the moon, noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones. You shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Verse 12. Those from among you shall build the old waste places. You shall rise up the foundations of many generations and you shall be called the repairer of Barakah and the restorer of streets to dwell in. Verse 13. If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day and call the Sabbath a delight light the holy day of the lord honorable and shall honor him not doing your own ways nor finding your own pleasure nor speaking your own words then you shall delight yourself in the lord and i will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth and feed you with the heritage of jacob your father the mouth of the lord has spoken shall we all arise